Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. Catalyst 88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, you're listening to episode number 116 of the Awesomers Podcast series. And all you need to do is fly on over to awesomers.com slash 116 and you can find today's show notes and details. Now, this is also part two of three in our series with Michael Kakaris, uh, who is a co-founder of Deliver. And Deliver, again, is a very unique system for you to operate your third-party logistics and compete on Walmart and eBay for buy box and better search positioning related to getting better badges. And you'll hear us talk about that more today, maybe a little bit from yesterday, and even some more tomorrow. So remember, this is episode two in a three-part series. Let's jump back into the flow of the conversation right now. Okay, back again. Uh, Steve Simonson joined by Michael Krakaris. See, now I'm yeah. losing confidence. Uh, uh, but uh, Michael, you know, we, we've talked about kind of in our first segment that, you know, Amazon has a very enviable position, right? They've got 100 million prime members or whatever it is. Uh, they're they're collecting a hundred dollars, one hundred twenty dollars, maybe now from each of these people. They're massive, massive revenue, and their mission, as you described it earlier, is to drive as much value as they can in that experience to avoid the potential, um, I, I don't know, flight to other marketplaces. Right at some point, the other marketplaces will get their act together and and give us an, a viable alternative. Do you think it is as simple as having, you know, the, the number of two-day packages or is there a, you know, where are the customer shopping component as well? Uh, I think, well, a few things. I think what we've noticed is when we've added, so if you, we have a few top like 20 Amazon sellers on, uh, on Deliver and they're selling on Walmart and they've put their product for the same price on Amazon and on Walmart, and they put free two-day shipping on Walmart, and then they put Prime on Amazon because the other one's with FBA. And we noticed they increased the price by 15 cents on Walmart, and then all of a sudden their sales went to zero on that item, which tells me a few things. It tells me, number one, that 
number one, you know, Walmart buyers and Amazon buyers are very similar. Number two, it tells me that everybody's price comparing when you select the item, they're going to Amazon and they're looking at it and they might be even going to eBay and looking at it. But I definitely think with Amazon and Walmart, they're going to check out, they're seeing what the shipping is, they're seeing what the price is and they're going to the same item on Walmart. I did the same thing on Tuesday. I bought, I was about to buy something on Amazon Prime. It was $5 cheaper on Walmart with free two-day shipping. I mean, I'm not going to do that on Prime. Even though I'm a Prime member, like why would I do that? It just doesn't make any sense. I saved five bucks and I went to Walmart. And I would do vice versa too. Um, and so I do think it actually is pretty simple. If you can match the price and you can add free two-day shipping onto it, it really comes down to a numbers game. How many items can Walmart enable versus how many does Amazon have enabled? Amazon's whole engine was around selection, enabling selection convenience. When you onboard onto Amazon, they give you this chart that basically showed more selection, more convenience that drives more buyers, that drives more sellers, drives lower prices with scale. And that's really the marketplace model that every single other one is trying to replicate. Well, I definitely, uh, it's heartbreaking to see 15 cents being the, uh, the difference maker, but uh, it is a reality, uh, certainly. So, but it, your, your description there implied that the same shopper is going between both marketplaces. So in one way, maybe you're, you could just be on one marketplace and, and still get that shopper and forget bidding against yourself. It depends on the item. So for that seller, they're, you know, so large on Amazon. And so it makes sense that they would cater to, you know, like an urban type shopper. Um, there's certain items that cater more towards Walmart specific buyers because Walmart has that ability to return in store. So for, you know, if your items cater to, you know, maybe the Midwest um, or the South, it might make a little bit more sense and you might be able to get away with a little bit higher prices. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, they all run different advertising. So Amazon runs different ads on their items than Walmart does. Um, and so, you know, it's a way to get your products in front of more buyers. The other thing, when you add the badge on Walmart, um, you get, you know, because if you think about it, you know, 2 million products, there's 100 million products, so few products um, relatively on Walmart enabled with free two-day shipping. When you add badging to your items, like our sellers are all top of search, almost all of them. And you know, it's like being first on prime. And so Walmart's still sending a ton of buyers to their website uh, just because they're Walmart, their advertising spend is enormous. It's not quite as many as Amazon is, but it's the second most. Um, and well, eBay is the second most, but after that is third most. And when they're sending all those buyers there, but they don't have that many items enabled on free two-day shipping, it prevents an incredible opportunity for a third-party seller to get their products out there. Um, when they wouldn't otherwise be able to hit the Amazon customer because Amazon is so, um, so competitive today. Yeah, it, it really is a, an important point. You know, Amazon has set the bar uh, when it comes to not just the two-day delivery, but the ease of returns, you know, the simplicity of the shopping experience. And then for sellers, when they go off on these other marketplaces, I've heard this countless times. I was at a conference just this past week and uh, amongst a number of sellers and you know, as we talk about the different marketplaces, you know, they would often lament that, gosh, you know, we put our stuff on walmart.com, we put our stuff on eBay, and, and just not a lot is happening over there. And I, I routinely ask them, well, you know, what work have you done to optimize your listing? What work have you done to rank your, your product like you would on Amazon? And, you know, most of them are like, ah, well, you know, it's not selling. Why, why put in the work? But it seems like a cause and effect thing. Michael, what do you think? 
Yeah. So I think you touched on the second big piece in terms of how do you make it, you know, how can you successfully sell in other marketplaces? So, you know, number, uh, number one was fulfillment. Um, and number two, I think is marketing. And on the marketing side, I think that's something that when you look at that outside of Amazon, um, really, I mean, the only marketplace that really had decent marketing tools for sellers was eBay um, because they had this eBay deals uh, piece, which if the merchandising team picked you for deals, that could really fly. I mean, I've seen incredible volume on that. But outside of that, you don't really see great you know, marketing opportunities. And so one of the things I was really keen on when we were powering this you know, two-day initiative with Walmart is that you know, to give our sellers access to some type of sponsored products platform. And so Walmart has that platform. Um, it's very new, but they're offering it to all deliver sellers get access to it because Walmart wants to promote two-day enabled listings. So for our sellers that don't have, you know, that might be very new to search, for example, I brought on seller drive auto products. Uh, I think, you know, you might know Ross and he came on on Walmart, I think maybe, you know, two months ago, his product is on second page of search. Um, and we add two day badge. It goes to the bottom of first page of search. And now yesterday morning, I looked in and it was actually complete top row for car trunk organizer. Um, two day enabled and now added sponsored products on top of that. And I think you have a really successful model uh, to sell. So I think number one was the, the paid, the paid platform component. And so that I think Walmart's bringing uh, to sellers and so far, pretty good results so far. Number two, I would say is keyword optimization. And so that's something, you know, when you ask, how does Walmart search work? How does eBay search work? They're black boxes. Nobody really knows how they work. Um, and so what we've done is that we're actually partnering with a few new, a few companies that run that for Amazon and asking them to come in and build these products for Walmart specifically so that our sellers know, is my, is my listing optimized? Is it not optimized? Um, when I search for these competitive keywords, you know, where am I showing up? Where are my competitors showing up? It's, it's a search game. I mean, when you look at Amazon, really sellers need to be all Amazon SEO experts, Walmart sellers need to be Walmart search experts. And we are seeing that once you show up and your listings top on a competitive search term, you will take all the sales and they just need that visibility. They just need to understand exactly how to do that. And so that's why I'm bringing in this other company and they're going to announce the product um, in a month. So actually probably when this airs, November 15th is the goal. And so our sellers will all get access to that as well. So trying to put together all those different components that you're talking about that make it so easy to sell on Amazon. Well, and this is, you know, for me, this is part of the point. You know, I, even as I was at this conference and, and met with some uh, friends at Amazon, you know, they're there talking about, um, they are there talking about their own uh, initiatives, global selling and, and whatnot. And they're, they're great people. But, you know, as we, as I talked about, Hey, this, this is an issue at Amazon. When's it going to get fixed? They're like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a problem. Uh, don't know when it'll be fixed, but yeah, we acknowledge it's a problem. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of broadening the horizons and diversifying your portfolio of, of customers. I actually do think as much as customers may be price sensitive, that there, there is less overlap than people think between Amazon and eBay shoppers. And, and even That's for that true. matter, um, I, I think it, there, it may be a little bit more, but still not as much as people would think between Walmart and Amazon shoppers. So, but even if there's only 20% difference between the, the various marketplaces, if you can pick up another 
that you couldn't get on Amazon, that's a potential 20% increase if you do the work and, and run the laps that need to be run related to fulfillment, marketing, and the things that Michael's talking about. Do you agree with that general principle, Michael? Yeah, I mean, I think I do. And I mean, there's cases where there is overlap and there's cases where there aren't. And I think it depends in terms of what your product base is, what type of customer you you uh, cater towards. Um, but even though, you know, even if there is overlap, you know, you're going to see a lot of different, you know, Walmart has different marketing strategies from Amazon and, and from eBay. eBay is actually very different from the other two. Um, we're seeing that the eBay buyer is very unique. Um, you know, there's products that are going to kill it on eBay that aren't going to do as well on Amazon or in Walmart. So it's a bit of its own thing. Like you have some eBay power sellers and that's not always the Amazon power seller, the Walmart power seller, you know, dynamic. Usually if you're really strong on Amazon, you'll be really, you'll be very strong on Walmart. Um, but yeah, that's definitely not the case with eBay or wish or some of those other, other, like, I would say like, like discount type, really a lot of selection type marketplaces. Yeah, definitely. These are different animals and, I think your advice is good. You know, where you've alluded to this idea that knowing what your product is and its applicability to the the audience that you're trying to put it in front of, whether it's Wish or eBay or Walmart or whoever, is as important as anything else. Um, yeah. So another one, one sub point there, we analyze the top selling verticals on the different marketplaces. So we know when a seller comes in based on what they're selling, how well it's, we have an idea of how well it's going to do. Um, a lot of this right now is internally, we're thinking about ways we can start externally um, communicating this. But like, for example, on Walmart, if you're like health and beauty, it is a power category right now. Um, why? Number one, very few 1P items on Walmart are in health and beauty. So not much selection is enabled on free two-day shipping. And uh, number two is that buyers on Walmart are just love health, love going to Walmart to buy health and beauty products. I don't know really why, but that's a huge, huge piece. Electronic accessories, huge vertical on Walmart. And then you have other verticals that aren't as good. So like for eBay, um, we had like high-end yoga. That doesn't do very well on eBay. And we also, we ran through that uh, with actually one of our mutual sellers who was in one of the groups. And so, and we realized it actually was, it was just a disconnect with the eBay buyer. Um, and so you learn about all these quirks and each marketplace is a little bit different in terms of what are their power categories, where do they not do as well. And then like eBay, you look at automotive, it's just a power vertical everybody knows that though um so yeah so that's 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 a unique piece that i think i'm trying to figure out okay how can we bring that that knowledge to sellers and i think a lot of it will be through these like marketing tools um that do it for amazon that we're bringing in for um for walmart and ebay but that's another interesting piece yeah it is it's a smart thing and i understand the the dissemination of that information is uh something that needs to be carefully thought out because of uh <laughs> Well, many ramifications of it. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to kind of dive into a little bit more about what makes uh, Deliver unique and how that you're approaching uh, this problem and, uh, and essentially creating an Amazon FBA competitor. So we're going to do it right after this break. Empower. The name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do, because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, we're back again. And, you know, we've talked about this, this problem that, that sellers have of selling on different marketplaces 
Uh, we've used the backdrop of fulfillment and marketing and, and other things that are important to, to consider. But you know, one of the things that I'm fascinated by, uh, Michael, in your story is this this idea that you know you saw Amazon as the competitor and you you know threw the the gauntlet down and you're like, yes, I'm going to go compete with Amazon. And let me just add the backdrop uh, as I try to tease this up a little. But so many companies, uh, all you have to do is watch like Jim Cramer. Uh, the second Amazon says they're coming to health insurance or something, that market crashes. Uh, they're coming to, you know, the, the Whole Foods category, the, the market crashes. Everything crashes when Amazon goes into it because everybody's terrified of Amazon. But you have the audacity to challenge Amazon. So tell us, uh, tell us, am I right about that characterization <laughs> first? Well, I think, I mean, partly, partly. I think it's, well... Yeah, I mean, in the long scheme, indirectly, I would say, you know, for the most part, working and focusing on the other marketplaces is a big piece. Uh, that being said, we do fulfill a lot of Amazon orders because, you know, from a retailer standpoint, they want to have all their inventory in one place. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say for the most part, you know, when I was in when I was in college, one of the people who really inspired me was Peter Thiel. And so he was one of the first investors in Facebook. And he, he wrote a, a book called Zero to One, Going From Zero to One. And, and one of the pieces was, uh, he talks about this contrarian view and he says, what's the one truth that very few people agree with you on? And as, as an entrepreneur, people are always going to say, you know, like what you're doing is never going to work or it's crazy. And I think the number one thing you need is, you know, heart and conviction. And when I looked at the Amazon prime component and I saw this free two day shipping piece and, and what, the, what the fees are, you know, I really do see an opportunity here. If you know Walmart and eBay, and now we have Google launching their marketplace, shopping actions, which has a lot of potential. Um, Facebook launching their marketplace. You know, people will get their act together. I don't think this will be just a one win them all. But for them to get their act together, they need something like a deliver. Uh, they can't go out and build fulfillment themselves because if also you look at it from a retailer standpoint, you're not, you know, when 10% of your business is coming from 10 different channels, you're not going to put you know, your inventory in 10 different fulfillment, you know, filmed by Google, filmed by Walmart, filmed by eBay, you're just never going to do that. You need one system to put it all in. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think with something like a deliver and you have these marketplaces going, getting more and more aggressive, Walmart getting aggressive, their two day program, Google shopping actions, getting really aggressive with their marketplace initiative. Um, I do think that we can get to a, a sense of balance. And I think you need that. You can't have one company determining where you buy all your things. Um, it's, it's just not healthy. It's not healthy to the retailers and the small and medium-sized businesses who sell on Amazon. It's not healthy to buyers. Um, you, you know, buyers and, and merchants need options um, and options make a fair market. And so, yeah, so I think, I think there's a lot of ability here. And I think, you know, I have that conviction and I think that we could definitely even the scales uh, within a few years and, you know, going in and really analyzing, okay, what are the pieces that make you successful to sell on Amazon? And how can you replicate those pieces on these other marketplaces? Um, the marketplaces are bringing the buyers. So, I mean, it's not like eBay is not bringing the buyers. It's not like Walmart's not bringing the buyers. Buyers are going there. Just how can you enable as much selection with convenience? So you heard it here first, everybody. Jeff Bezos, your days are numbered. Michael, correct. <laughs> Crack, dang it, Krakaris, Krakaris, dang it, dang it, I will try to edit that in and make it a real heavy pronouncement, but no, listen, I, I do agree with this premise, first of all, you know, Amazon is dangerously close to a monopoly at this stage, and I, I don't just mean from the straight e-commerce perspective, 
in some ways it's unfair for them to compete and use all the seller data to go launch their own private labels. Not in some ways, in every way, as far as I'm concerned as a seller. They are taking seller data, figuring out what those hot items are, running it amongst their 100 plus private label brands. And in 2018, it's reported they'll do around seven and a half billion in their own private labels. By 2022, it's something like 25 billion in their own private labels. Now, I don't think it's all plus money. Some of it will be from growth, but some of it's just coming straight out of the heart of sellers. Don't you agree, Michael? I mean, look what they did with yoga mats. When yeah. they did that, I have an Amazon basic yoga mat. <laughs> I didn't know at the time. Um, and I was like, oh, I know Amazon. I don't know any of the other sellers. And yeah, I'm just going to buy from Amazon. So I think, I mean, also, I think that's not a, a unique strategy to Amazon though. Like, for example, I went to CBS and I had to buy Airborne. And then right next to it, they had Wallborn. Um, or sorry, it was Walgreens. So it was CBS, or sorry, at Walgreens, it had Airborne and then Wallborn right next to each other. So this is something that I think a lot of the big retailers do. Um, it's just being magnified because of the volume you have on Amazon. And Amazon also seems a little bit better than building, you know, like Wallborn. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're a little better at executing. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. I, I don't know if you know, you know, Chad from Scubana and he had, he has Crucial Vacuum and he has that story about, you know, on Christmas Eve, they send him an email and they go, hey, your account's getting suspended for Christmas. And he goes, well, why is it getting suspended? And then like a week later, like, oh yeah, sorry, it's a, it a glitch. And it's like, well, you're, do you know how many orders are coming through? So, but on Amazon side, I mean, if you think about it, there's 20,000 Amazon millionaire sellers. You can't possibly get enough account managers for everybody. So they have to automate certain systems, but they're automating systems for companies that are no longer really SMBs when you look at the amount of volume that they're pushing. And that's kind of a little bit of tension, I think. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I do try to be fair on it. Um, you know, my criticism of Amazon will be uh, generally along the lines of when they are stepping over the line. And the, the, the kind of, um, I don't know, quick reaction suspension that they do, the, this idea that they now can control the more and more of the page. My point on this monopoly perspective is if they can control all of the web page, which they can, it's their thing, they're promoting their own brands above other brands, and they're using our seller data, that, that's all the info you need to understand to look for alternatives. And that's my point. You, there should be alternatives. The minute there are viable alternatives, by the way, Amazon will start to clean up its act. The minute yep. they feel a threat from Walmart that's legitimate or eBay or whomever, and by the way, it could just as likely be Facebook or Google, as you point out, as the minute they feel a legitimate threat and that they are under you know potential economic pressure, they will get right with the Lord and they will start either cutting prices or cleaning up their business practices. That's what competition does, and that's the, the benefit of a marketplace at large. Agree? I mean, it's, it's all about leverage. I mean, when 95% of your business is coming from Amazon, you have to do everything Amazon tells you to do. I mean, you can't say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Um, and even in a situation where you have like an e-tails pushing hundreds of millions of dollars, when most of it's coming from Amazon, you have to play within their game and you have to play their rules. And so that's why we're also getting tons of requests for self-fulfilled prime. Um, it's something we're evaluating. It's something that's very tricky to pull off. Um, so we're careful about it, but um, it's because of that. I mean, it's like, you know, I can't have a hundred million dollars worth of inventory sitting in FBA. 
Um, when I don't know what's going to really happen, FDA turned up their rates last uh, February, I think, and just kind of gave everyone like a 60 day notice or something. And, you know, they can always keep doing that. And yeah, the, there's nothing the you can do about it. Yeah, there, there is nothing. And, you know, this is one of my, my pitches for those uh, out there who pay attention. You know, the Empower E-Commerce Cooperative, one of the points of it is to bring e-commerce sellers together to get some leverage um, and, you know, getting a voice with Amazon, we've, we've started some initiatives and, and they've been pretty receptive on, on, you know, at least having some dialogue, but they're nowhere near um, negotiating with us. They're nowhere near going, oh, there's so many of you guys together. We're going to take you seriously. It's mostly an amusement probably for them. We're like a, a little toy uh, yarn ball that the cat has, you know, it, it'll, it'll bat it around for a while and then it'll, uh, you know, kick it aside. So for those who haven't paid attention, get, get, you know, some information from Empower E-Commerce Cooperative. It's a free nonprofit uh, member on cooperative there. If you want to be an equity member, there's some charges, but you can actually earn cash back to completely overwhelm uh, any little Scooby snack investment there is. So there's my little plug there. Michael, uh, I, I would like to just ask you a couple follow-on questions because we haven't gotten in the dynamic of delivery yet. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to do that and find out what's some of the magic behind delivery because it's quite unique. Uh, we're going to do it right after this. Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals. Congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Parsimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item by item profitability, along with project and task management, and more features are being added all the time. Learn more at parsimony.com. That's parsimony, P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y.com. Parsimony.com. We've got that. Okay, I'm going to interrupt there again for uh, calling this part two of our three-part series with Michael. And again, I think it's instructive. I think it's highly um, informationally relevant for you to understand some of the things that by delivering predictable and high service rates, you can improve your search positioning on some of these other marketplaces in the same way that it works on Amazon, by the way. Amazon just happens to control your inventory and uh, they charge you a pretty significant fee for that control so if you put your stuff in FBA we all know that you get better search positioning you get the buy box easier the same is true on other marketplaces and with integrations like uh, Walmart and eBay you can find your way to better badging and better service offerings using very predictable cost structures so I think it's again very instructive this is part two of three don't forget to join tomorrow for our last uh, part with Michael Kakaris. And uh, also, again, don't forget, as episode number 116, just go to awesomers.com slash 116 for today's show notes and details. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. 
Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.